Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message. We're going to begin a, a kind of a, not so much a, a series, but maybe teaching for a couple of Sundays in particular. We just finished with Do You Know God? And we talked about aspects of faith and believing. And uh, we surely didn't exhaust all that there is to know about faith, uh, nor about confession. Uh, but I felt like this was a time for us to, to move. So go back and listen to those videos. Go back and listen to, to Greg Marquez. Go back to listen to uh, Brother Joe on meditating upon the Word of God. All of those things help us to maintain, help us to keep, um, keep it together. Um, but we, I want to use uh, today as a subject matter laws. Laws um, or law, laws, law. Um, someone quickly give me a definition of law. Obviously, there's more than one, but give me a definition of law. Excuse me? Something that is consistent, all right? A principle. That's, uh, something that's consistent, something that's a principle. Anyone else? A law. A rule. Exactly, a rule. Something that we have in our society or in a community is something that we abide by. Anything else? Something to maintain order. Okay, good. Anything else? Law. Okay. All right. Well, all of those are very true. We're going to hone in on one particular aspect of law, and I've kind of said it before. I, I talked about the law of confession. And so what, what are we saying in that particular law? Is that like a law? Is that a law that we, uh, that we have um, like um, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven? These are, these are the law of confession, meaning that you've got to confess. Um, in our community, you've got to confess, um, you know, something or whatever. Is, 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 that what it's, is that what I'm speaking of? Like you better, you better, this is our law. So that's not what I'm talking about, is it? So he, here's what I want us to understand when we talk about law or laws. We're going to talk about several laws. And, uh, and the Spirit of God, I believe, just kind of gave me this as I was uh, uh, perusing, as it were, uh, through the Bible, especially through the book of Luke, is I began to receive these laws. Laws. And like, I, it was as though God, Jesus, the Spirit of God, was, uh, Eric, if you don't mind coming here for a second, was, was doing this to me. He said, now let me, let, me, let me tell you something. You see that right over there? I'm going to share a law with you. And, and it's like he was, as I was walking through Scripture, that's kind of what he was doing. He was, he was sharing laws with me, laws. He was teaching me about life. And every, every corner I took, he taught me another law. He taught me something else. And so a law that we're going to talk about here, uh, a definition of it is principles based on pre predictable consequences of an act or condition, such as the law of supply and demand. What is the law of supply and demand? Let me read it one more time. 
Principles based on the predictable consequences of an act. Principles based upon the predictable consequences of an act or condition, etc., such as the law of supply and demand. What is the law of supply and demand? Some of you economists here. What is the law of supply and demand? Excuse me? Is there is a demand, there will be a supply. That's not necessarily true. There can be a demand, but there can be no supply, right? The law of supply and demand means the more you have, the lesser the demand. The less you have, sometimes, the more the demand. So the law of supply and demand says, what happens when there's, when oranges are, then there's been a frost in Florida? What happens with the law of supply and demand? The supply goes down, right? The, the demand is still high, but the supply goes down. So what happens to the cost of oranges? Oranges go up. That's the law, right? The less there is, the more it costs, right? The more there is, if we got an abundance of tomatoes one year, where you get, you know, hundreds of thousands upon thousands, millions of tomatoes, and you go to the, to the, um, to the, uh, um, grocery store or to the uh, market and you say, man, you call your friends up, hey, they're selling tomatoes for, how much they sell, what's a good price for tomatoes? Excuse me? I thought you said something. <laughs> depends on, exactly, supply and demand, right? It depends on the time of the year. But let's say that this is a, there's, the, what time, do, when did the tomatoes normally come out? Summer, like late summer, August, June? Some of you farmers, tell me. When do when, when you harvest tomatoes? When are they most abundant? Excuse me? July, okay? So in July, the cost, we should expect the cost of tomatoes to do what? Go down, right? When are, when are how many of you like watermelon? Okay? When are watermelons most in abundance? Summertime, okay? What time of the summer? When it's hot. <laughs> during the hot time of the summer <laughs> so, so and, and, and we see people selling them you know like down at the uh, Roses parking lot they'll have somebody there who's selling uh, a lot of, of uh, watermelons and they're selling them and they're normally at a pretty good price aren't they now in January when you buy a, a, a watermelon it could be up there isn't it price is up there right so, so there's a law in effect there and it's predictable, is it not? I mean, we can predict it, can't we? We can predict that this is the way it's going to be. When there's a lot of something, there, it's going to cost less. When there's not a lot of something, it's going to cost more, all right? So that's what I'm talking about in this particular case for laws, principles that are predictable, that are sequential in some ways, consequential, and have a particular condition or action behind them, all right? So Jesus has been teaching me these things, I believe, by the Spirit of God, some, some, some laws. And so we want to we look at some of these things because if we get them, we can begin to predict some things. We can predict how things are going to, outcomes. And all of us like to predict outcomes, right? All of us like to know that this is how it's going to happen. Well, because of these laws, this will happen. So the first law I want to present to you as a law, 
If you would, turn in your Bibles to, let me get there myself first. Now, some of these, as we go through them, you're going to like, like, is that what he taught you for real? Because I'm coming up with some laws. I mean, I'm like, law this, law that. But here, here's the first one I want to present to you. Um, let's get to it right quick. And this is a major one. I think, matter of fact, I believe that the reason it's the first one is because it's so vitally important. And this is the law of humility. The law of humility. Everyone get that? The law of humility. Look at Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. And let's start reading around about verse 7. So, okay, here we have it. And if, it's, if you have a subtitle, I'm reading out of the New Literal Translation. And my subtitle under that chapter is Te Jesus Teaches About Humility. Now, remember what I did with Eric. And we're, here's what he was doing with his disciples. He was teaching them along the way. In other words, as he was traveling, he was teaching them laws principles, predictable outcomes. And he would just say, hey, let me, let me teach you something. And so here's the first one that, that, that started my trek on laws. Verse um, 7 of chapter 14, it says, when Jesus noticed that all who had come to dinner were trying to sit in the seats of honor near the head table, he gave them this advice. Remember, he's always using teachable moments. How many of you use teachable moments? Don't, don't ever give up a teachable moment. Like this is, I'm going to teach something out of this particular moment. Because if you don't, you lose the opportunity. It's important to teach to the moment. Not to the test, but to the moment. Teach to the moment. When you are invited to a wedding feast, don't sit in the seat of honor. What if someone who is more distinguished than you also has also been invited? The host will come and say, give that person your seat. Then you will be embarrassed and you will have to take whatever seat is left at the foot of the table. Instead, take the lowest place at the foot of the table. Then when you, your host sees you, he will come and say, friend, we have a better place for you. Then you will be honored in front of all the other guests. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Is that a law? That's a law, isn't it? That's a predictable, that's what he's teaching. Don't gloss over it. He's, he's telling, he and his disciples were at a particular place, they were at a banquet, and, and he said, hold up guys, wait up, wait up. And I'm sure there was probably someone who was exalting himself. Someone who had to be seen, someone who had to be first, someone who had to sit down, someone who was protecting their own interests. Jesus said, that's not the way to go first. That's not the way to get ahead. The way to get ahead is to put yourself behind. What is that? That's a law. That's a predictable outcome. That's like the law of supply and demand. If we want to be, if we want to move forward, we got to go backwards. Listen to me. 
If we will embrace that, that particular law, and stop putting ourselves first, stop trying to be first, stop trying to look out for my own interests first. Because the guy that was at the banquet, what he was doing, he was like, I'm, I'm, you know, I deserve this. I'm going to go sit up at the front. And many of us, depending on where we're coming from, depending on what are the mitigating circumstances of our life, we think significance means being first. That's not, that does not create significance. It's better to be called forward than to put yourself forward. It's better for someone else to recognize you than for you to recognize yourself. It's better for someone else to praise you than for you to praise yourself. That's a law. And that law says, if I will humble myself, I will be exalted. That is a law. He's not saying there's anything wrong with sitting up at the front of the table. He says, you just don't put yourself at the front of the table. That's the principle here. And we see it so often in so many areas of our life. Even the Bible says, don't be like the Gentiles. Don't think like they think. They have to promote themselves. They have to give themselves self-recognition because they're not covenant people. They're not in, in with God. The Bible tells us if God is on our side, who in the world can ever be against us? So we don't have to use means that everyone else uses. We don't have to put ourselves first. We don't have to scratch and pull and grab and and try to pull down so that we can be first. God says, if you'll do this, remember this law. If you will humble yourself, you will be exalted. That is a law of God. If we don't seek attention, we'll get attention. If you want attention, eventually someone, you won't want that attention very much anymore because it'll be embarrassing. God has an elevator, but his elevator always starts at the bottom. But guess where it ends up? It ends at the top. Remember that. That is a what? Law. What is a law? Predictable consequences. Predictable. I like to predict the consequences. If we will humble ourselves. Humbleness also means this. You know, sometimes when pride gets in there, the answers we need, we never ask. Humility says, ask the question. Ask somebody. Someone knows what you need to know. So humble yourself. Don't be so prideful and ask someone what it is. What do I need to know? The greatest thing, see, it, there, there are those who have, and, uh, and some of you may be familiar with this. I know I've said it before. What they call, according to, uh, I think it's, uh, I can't remember her last name, but she's a, a um, Ph.D. at, at uh, uh, teaches at Stanford uh, Psychology. And she has a book called Mindsets. And she talks about fixed mindsets versus growth mindsets. And you determine which one you are. The growth mindset uh, or the fixed mindset never, ever wants to be corrected never ever wants to be uh, said anything other than that you're the best. You're okay. Everything's all right. The growth mindset says, you know what? If I'm missing it, I want to know. I want, I, I, I've got some questions. I need to know why I'm not accurate here. I, need, I, want accurate, I seek accuracy. I seek precision. 
I, I want to I be, I wanna, as much as it relies on me, I want to be in the right. But in order to be there, we have to be willing to humble ourselves. If we are willing to humble ourselves and get the answers that we need, have the people in our lives that are going to speak to us, then we're going to go from humility to praise, from humility to exaltation. If we simply say, you know what, it's okay not to know everything. It's okay not to be the best at everything. But the way you can get ahead is to humble yourself and ask somebody. You better ask somebody. <laughs> you better ask someone. Ask someone. Why be pretentious? Why pretend as though you know it when everyone around you knows that you don't know it? If you have weaknesses in your life, and all of us do, every last one of us have weaknesses. There are my, my weaknesses, oh my goodness. I told you one last week on Wednesday. Man, organizationally, I am a wreck. I am a mess. I am not good organizing. That's why I have the likes of logistical organizers around me. They're the ones that have caused this ministry to get where it is today. All I do is one thing that does organize in my mind is teaching the Word of God. It somehow gets out sequentially. It somehow gets out in order. All the rest of the stuff is a jumble. So I need people around me. To help me get to the goal. Find out what the goal is. Help me get there. I need your help. So it'd be very pretentious of me to pretend as though, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm just the man of the hour with more power. I just know it all. I mean, you don't, I don't need to humble myself before any. I don't need to ask questions. I don't need to do any of those things because I already know it. No, you don't know it. And no, you can't get there without someone else's help. And none of us can, people. None of us can. None of us can get where we really want to go without the help of others. So we need to learn how to ask questions, humble ourselves. Let me show you another scripture here. Let every word be established upon what? Two or three witnesses. All right? So here's another scripture here. Um, Luke 18. Luke 18. And we're going to look at verse 14, and then we're going to move down to uh, a little further down. It says, um, all right, let's start at, at verse 14, verse 9. Luke 18, verse 9. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Those are called what? What kind of mindset is that? That's a fixed mindset. Okay? Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own. Everyone say own. Own righteousness. And scorned everyone else. That's a fixed mindset. They don't want to hear from no one else. They don't want to ask questions of no one else. They want to know from anyone else because they're right. Jesus said it this way one time. He says, he said, if the ones who claim they can see, if 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 they really would if they were if they really could see, then they would make right decisions. He says, but the ones that claim they can see, they're in trouble. Because they're really blind. But they think they can see. He is that person who knows he's blind that's going to get help. (laughs) 
Listen to me. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other one was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people you think. I'm not broken. I don't have no issues. I don't need no help. I mean, I got it all going on. But I'm not like them cheaters, those sinners, those adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. You know what? What is so ridiculous is that we think in whatever status we are, that we are, uh, we can think. I'm not going to say we think. We can think, okay? We can think that we are, because we haven't stolen, because or think we haven't, or cheated, or killed someone, or ended up in prison, or had an adulterous affair, or whatever the case may be, that we are in status with God above someone. No, no. <laughs> the reality is, but for Jesus. That, that's the true reality, but for Jesus. And if we don't keep that in mind, but for Jesus, where would I be? But for his cloak of righteousness. In other words, it wasn't that I became right and then I was right with him. He cloaked us with righteousness. He put righteousness upon us. So he says here, verse 1, I thank, God, I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood up at, at a distance and dared not even lift up his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh, God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, Jesus is saying, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. There's that law again, is it not? See, when we go to the Father, we never esteem ourselves. We esteem what he has done. Christ has done this. And so pick out anyone in, in the community you think is just slightly below you. Yeah, just, you know, just slightly. I mean, it, you know, d didn't come from the same kind of family. Maybe they are, maybe they're out there now. Maybe they're drunk. Maybe they are in jail. Maybe they're whatever. And you just kind of, just, just slight, just slightly, just slightly, just, just, just a little bit. Not, not much. I mean, we're not so much to say we're, we're way above them. We're just slightly above them. The true reality is you're not, and I'm not. And you're never ever going to get the kind of closeness or the kind of proximity with them until you see yourself as equal to them. And the only difference between possibly you and them is Jesus Christ. And then you begin to look at everyone with hopefulness. Like, like you can make it. Listen, I know you can make it because I have made it but by the blood of Jesus Christ. And then, then our eyes begin to open up for everyone. Then our eyes begin to see people in a new light because, listen, you and I are not different whatsoever. You and I, maybe my scars, maybe my wounds, maybe my, my, my issues are not out there like yours, but believe you me, but for Jesus, but for Jesus, where would I be? 
And so he goes on to say this in the, the latter part. Look at um, uh, 30, um, oh, 18. Let's go down, the, the, go down a little bit to, um, to verse 31. Listen to this. I love this of Jesus. He says, taking the, tw- taking the 12 aside, Jesus said, listen, we are going up to Jerusalem where all the predictions of the prophets concerning the Son of Man will come true. We will be handed over to the Romans, and we will be mocked, treated shamefully, and spit upon. They will flog him with a whip and kill him, but on the third day he will rise again. What did Jesus do? What did he do? What, what, what principle did he follow? The principle of humility. He humbled himself even to death. He was flogged. He was beaten. All the time knowing who he was. All the time knowing that I'm the son of God and they're plucking out my hair. And they're beating me. And they're putting a a crown of thorns on me. And they're spitting on me. And they're mocking me. And I'm the son of God. The Bible tells us that he, he counted him not himself to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. He said, no one takes my life, but I lay it down. Every single day, we have the, we have the voluntary responsibility or voluntary action to either lay down our lives or to rise up. Don't they know who I am? Nobody's going to pass me on the street and not get a, a, a little, you know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to look them down. I'm going to stare them down as we travel by. Well, exactly who do you think you are? No one takes my life, but I lay it down. So here's what I want to I suggest to you in walking out humility is practice. Practice humility. Practice people talking about you. Practice it. <laughs> Practice not having your way in the grocery line. You know, someone's etching up, and you etch up a little closer to the line. They're not going to get in front of me. They make a step, you make a step. And you just keep on. What, is, what, what does it matter? Well, tell me, what does it really matter if you go first or second? What kind of time is it really going to make up? What if you just practicing humility said, oh, you go ahead. No, no problem. Go ahead. That's how we practice. That's how we lay. No one, no one takes my place in line. <laughs> I lay down my place. All the things that get us uptight, all the things that mess our heads up during the day are because we insist upon being first. We insist upon being number one. We insist upon having our say. We insist upon it. But he said, that's not the road to the top. The road to the top is the low road. The the road to the top is to not defend yourself. That's the road to the top. That's the law of humility. That has a predictable outcome. And that is, if I humble myself, 
I will be exalted. Isn't that good to know that I can predict where I'm heading based upon what I'm doing, based upon how willing I am to take advice from others, how willing I am to allow others to get in front of me, how willing I am to not blast people simply because I feel like I'm right and they're wrong, but to lay down my life, to lay it down. Because anything that I have to support, I have to support. If I have to support my life, if I have to put myself forward, if I have to do it, then guess what? At the end of the day, I'm the one that's have to hold up everything. The Bible tells us that we are sustained by the power of the Word of God. God's Word is what holds us up. God's Word is what sustains us. I don't need to, to, to fight for and try to get and make sure nobody gets in front of me and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and because it makes my life so very difficult to have to always support George. Always be the politician for George. Always be the campaigner for George. George Logan for office. What office? Does it mean that we, we, don't, we don't stand for things? Yes, we do stand for things. Things that God tells us to stand for. And even with those, sometimes it takes a very humble state to do that. I'm, t I'm telling you what Jesus told me to tell you. And for myself, it just makes life easier. It just makes life easier. Humble myself. And there's so many opportunities. How many of you are already thinking of ways that you can practice it? Anyone got some, some ways that already popped up in your head? Oh, yeah, I can practice it right there. Yep. On that situation right there, I can practice. I can practice humility. Listen, we don't always have to have our way. I want to couple this, and I'm a little out of order, but, but I, I, want, I want to couple this humility thing with the law of no opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, let's go there, all right? The law, the law of no opinion. Let's go there. It just popped in my mind. It was one of my laws. I got to go up a little piece to find it. Let me find it. And we'll get to all these other ones also. But the law of no opinion. Don't you love it? All right, let me find it. And here, let's see. I got a whole lot of laws, folks. We're going to be in there for a little while. All right. John chapter 8. Because that just goes along well with, with the law of humility, doesn't it? The law of no opinion. Look at verse 21. And then we'll close with this right here. Because some of y'all need to hang on to this one and bite on it for a little while. You know, it's always, it's always the last word that kind of stands out. Here we go. It says, later Jesus said to them again, I am going away. You will search for me, but will die in your sin. 
You cannot come where I am going. The people ask, is he planning to commit suicide? What does he mean, you cannot come where I am going? Jesus continued, you are from below, I am from above. You belong to this world, I do not. This is why I said you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. Who are you, they demanded. And Jesus replied, the one I have always claimed to be. I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't, for I say only what I have heard from the one who sent me, and he, completely, and he is completely truthful. But they still didn't understand that he was talking about his father. So Jesus said, when you, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. I do nothing on my own but say only what the Father taught me. That is the law of no opinion. He didn't say the law of we can't talk. He said a law of, think about it just for a minute. What if, what if the only, only words you ever said were words that were consistent with the word of God? Shoot, but that, that would make for a, a non-talking day, wouldn't it? <laughs> because we love to do what? We love to give our opinion. We love to give our, and I'm not saying that you can't give an opinion. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that when Jesus was there, he said, he said, I only, I only, I only say, I only say what I've heard the Father say. I never render my own opinions. I, I never, never say anything that's inconsistent with the nature of my God. Now, again, I'm not saying that you can't give an opinion. There is no law that says you can't give an opinion. I'm just saying, let's see if we can't, let's see if we can't humble ourselves so that we're not constantly talking about something that we may or may not really know about. That's, that takes some humility. Well, let me just say it for me. It takes some humility for me to do that. To not chime in. To not give a thought about that. And, and, and the Bible says where there's much talking, there's what? There's a lot of sin, right? So to be able to, to humble myself, George Logan, humble myself and... And, and not give an opinion. I got to die. I got to die. I got to I gotta die. I got to die. Because like, I really want to give an opinion. I really want to say something about that. I really want to tell you about that. I got to die. Now it's different if someone came and asked me for an opinion. That's a little different, right? I may, because of a person's knowledge, I may come up and say, you know what, could you tell me about that? And they would give me their opinion. But to intrude upon, to insist upon, that's, that's putting myself first. That's putting myself at the banquet table first, is it not? What if we just stayed still until somebody said, you know, what do you think? Oh, you should not have asked. I'm glad, I'm glad you asked. Just kind of sizzle, just... Please ask. 
And then that puts the ball not in our, our court. We're not promoting ourselves. We're saying, if someone asks me, I'll, I'll give them my opinion. But if they don't ask, I have no right to intrude upon. I know I have no right to go at the front of the banquet table to eat unless they call me up. Now, if they call me up, boy, both guns loaded. <laughs> but if they don't call me up, keep the guns in and just hold it. Just hold it. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says, it's better to hold your tongue and to be thought wise than to open your mouth and to remove all doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've done that before. I like to all go to, I wish I had to just shut my mouth. I wish I had to say a word. Law of no opinion and the law of humility. If we practice, started practicing those today, and again, I use the word practice. It's what it is. It's a practice. It's, it's a practice. We have to be conscious of it. We are conscious of, okay, uh, what's it going to hurt if that person that, 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 that again, using the, the whole, because I know at least this relates to me. It, what's it going to hurt if we begin to let other people in front of us? What, what's it going to hurt if we stop being in a hurry to put ourselves first? What, practice it. What, whatever it is in your life. Uh, and, I don't, and I don't know what it is. I know what it is in my own life. But I don't know what it's in your life where you are insistent upon putting yourself first. If you locate what that is, then practice in that particular area, letting it go. Letting it ride. Not having to have it first. Here's what I want to do before we close out this morning. Because I really do believe that this is relatable. I believe that there are people uh, that are, are currently struggling with this sense of, I got to be first because if I'm not first, I don't feel significant. I don't, I don't feel like I'm important unless I'm, I'm promoting self. And, and, and there's, there's gonna, there has to be something in us that, that needs to be broken in that particular area so that we can start receiving the benefits of humility. And that is to be, to be exalted. The world is full. The world is so full of people putting themselves first, putting their children first. Putting, I mean, it's, it's nauseating to see how many people are putting themselves first. What would it take for us to, to bow down before God and say, I'm, I'm going to practice. And I say, I use that word practice because I really mean it. It is, in order to get used to it, you got to practice it. God told me one time, he was a, he was a um, I think I shared this with, uh, with, um, with Michael the other day, Mike, uh, Dr. Gould. It, it, they were talking about boxing. And I asked this guy, and he said he used to do MMA, MMA. And I said, well, why don't you do it anymore? He says, I still exercise, I still work out. And he was telling me about how much he works out. I said, well, why don't you fight anymore? He said, because I don't have enough time to get punched in the face, basically, is what he's saying. Because in order to get into the ring, you have to, you've had, had to get punched a lot in the gut, in the sides, around so that when you get hit for real, real, 
It won't stun you. So practice does that. Because there's going to be something in our life. When we start practicing letting people in the grocery line before us, there'll be something bigger coming down the road that you've already practiced. So you're ready for it. Your, your mind is conditioned for letting someone else go before you. It's conditioned to not uh, having to spit out an opinion or to defend yourself in a situation because you've practiced it. Does that make sense to everyone? There's a song we did yesterday morning. I don't know if you can find it, but um, it's by, um, um, what's, who's the guy we listened to yesterday morning? Marsh Chapman. I lay it all down. I lay it all down. I lay it all down in worship. And here's what I'd like for us to do this morning as we close out, as we close out this morning, is I want, I want you to talk to the Spirit of God and, and find out what areas in your life where, where you have, where you have, or we have um, exalted ourselves, where we have pushed and pushed and pushed and, and sought our own way in this particular area. And maybe we're still kind of up in the air in that area. Maybe we're still uh, just a little wrought up about it, and we just haven't laid it down yet. I, w- I want us to do that this morning. If you just feel like, man, I'm not going to let that person have its way in my life. I'm not going to let that person. No, I want you to to. to Practice humility. Practice humility. It's, it's under, uh, it's laid all down under Morris Chapman's, under uh, uh, some of the light videos there. If you can find that, uh, I just want us to bow our heads this morning and just, just consider what might God be speaking to me about? What, what might I need to lay it down? You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.